Let's pray together, please. Amidst the many words, O God, that have been read and sung and spoken, may the one word, your word, your very presence, animate us as a people of God this day. Give us the capacity to hear and think, to make resolve of who we are and who we aspire to be because of our having gathered here to worship you and orient our lives around you. In the name of word made flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Well, it is the season for fitness clubs and stop smoking classes and diet programs. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but it is the time of year when people have made and are making resolutions, changes to who we are and what we aspire to do and be. And so this morning as we begin this new calendar year of Sundays, as a people of faith, it feels to me such a gift to be able to read from John chapter 1, this poetic and profound and provocative passage of scripture that, that uh, invites us, I think, to like the Magi, encounter Christ and then take a different road. Do you remember that line? They went home by a different road. Surely that wasn't just a stage prompt. That's a theological statement. And you and I this morning are being invited on this Epiphany Sunday to go home by a different road and expect different results as we make New Year's faith resolutions. In the beginning was the word. I'm reminded immediately that you and I didn't start this life. We're not self-made. We are not, uh, we don't have the capacity to animate ourselves. As Richard Rohr says, your life is not all about you. You are about life, your life. All of life, the one life that we share, it's going somewhere, and it's going somewhere that's good. And we are being invited to come and be part of this larger story that we find ourselves in, as Brian McLaren says, which is more than just locating ourselves in the story. It's to see ourselves as a part of something bigger and more profound. And so this invitation to you and me, to make resolution even today, to be about life. To wake ourselves up, not only our brains and our bodies, but to wake up our spirits. And to see this life that we've been given, this precious gift that every one of us has, no matter whether we're, we're rich or poor or black or white or gay or straight, what we've been given, this life, is a beautiful gift. And we're being called upon as we begin this new year to seize this life and to recognize it as an incredible gift of God. In the beginning was the word. John goes on to say, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. John invites us to focus our lives on this light You know, everywhere around us is darkness. Literally and metaphorically, darkness is everywhere. It takes very little effort to 
find darkness. Darkness is the default reality of the world we live in. It takes no effort. It takes no energy for there to be darkness. What takes effort and intentionality and energy is light. For there to be light, something must energize it. We're being invited in this life that we've been given to look for that light, to celebrate that light, to walk toward that light. And where's the light found? John says the true light enlightens everyone, and it's come into the world. That says to me that the light, the animating light of creation, is right here among us today, among ordinary people like you. I know a woman who loves her family very much. She's very anxious to see them at Christmas time. It's a, it's a big um, lead up toward Christmas as the family all gets together at Christmas time. But what this woman has discovered is that she prefers a virtual family more than her real family. Do you know this person? She likes her family more through photographs and phone calls and emails than she does with real live conversations. She's not a bad person. Rather, she's simply discovered what most of us know to be true, and that is this people are messy. People are messy. They burp, they trap in mud, they argue, they have their feelings hurt, they leave the milk out and the lights on and the door unlocked. And they even die. So she would prefer to practice what philosopher Charles Taylor calls excarnation rather than incarnation in the flesh. She would prefer some kind of virtual life, sort of a a Gnostic or docetic way that our modern world has of sort of making us abstract from our bodies. You've seen it. You've been in a restaurant And notice that at the table next to you is a couple sitting together. But each one of them is on their smartphones talking or texting with someone not physically present at the table. There are a lot of people, frankly, who prefer to do church that way. Pastor, I'll just listen to your sermon on the web and I'll send in my contribution each week that way. Really? Okay. Sherry Turkle wrote a book. Her title says it all. We're alone together. Alone together. This raises some questions just beyond beyond just etiquette. But it's our capacity to be here. Are we able to be fully present and to look other people in the eyes and to see the beauty that's there in them and to look for that light? That sacred light that John says has come into the world and enlightened everyone. And so the second resolution I invite us to make this morning is this. Can we live in real relationships? Present to each other. Listening to each other. Praying with each other. Taking each other by the real hands. Dirty or clean to take each other by the hand and be a community of faith together. For how else will we see the light? And then finally this. 
the scandalous part of this passage that we read from John. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the scandal of Christianity that is too often overlooked or ignored or presumed by its longtime followers that the word, the mystery of God, takes on flesh in the person of Jesus. Frederick Buechner says that the incarnation is kind of a vast joke that the creator of the ends of the earth makes by coming among us in diapers. Buechner goes on to say, until we too take the idea of the God-man seriously enough to be scandalized by it, we have not taken it as seriously as it demands to be taken. What does it mean to take it seriously? Does it mean simply that you bear down and try to believe something that seems incredulous to you? Is that what it means to take it seriously? Or might taking it seriously mean to live into it, to lean into it, to believe it with our bodies, to incarnate it again so that Christ comes and the word becomes flesh not just once, 2,000 years ago, but in and among every one of us as we take Christ into ourselves to see in this Jesus the way and the word and the wild and inclusive love of God and to live into this with the lives that we have right here and now. That's what incarnation is. Is incarnation isn't an idea or a doctrine. Incarnation is about living. It's about loving people and loving life and being willing to love people so much that like Jesus, we're willing to lay down our lives in love for others. And so I resolve and I invite you this morning to turn our orthodoxy, our right worship into orthopraxy, right living, the participation of this gospel, to turn our talk into our walk, to turn our beliefs into our beloveds, to turn our head thoughts into heart actions, to turn our sentimentality into self-giving love. For this is the call of the gospel. If you've been to Highland Baptist Church on a Christmas Eve, You know our tradition here. It's much like other churches around the country. We, having lit the four Advent candles, then at the time when we announce the birth of Christ, light the one candle, the Christ candle. We blow out the other candles, and the lights go down. And here's this one light. And it's all we have in the room. Then Nina and I have this high honor of bringing our candles up and lighting them off of the Christ candle and bringing it out to the congregation, walking down the center aisle and lighting the first candle on each row and letting it spread. We never know who's going to be on that end of the aisle. People fight for those end of the aisle seats, I know. I watch you. I'm one of you. The reason I'm a pastor is because I can't sit in a pew this long. I get it. So we see on the end of the aisle, wiggly kids, old man who's uh, 
hands shake so much we have to take and steady them to light their candle off of our candle. We see divorced couples. We'll light the candle of someone who just lost their parent. We'll see a person who only shows up at church on Christmas. We see a lonely person. We see a drug addict. Sweatshirt, dirty jeans. In the next aisle, we, next row, we might find a, a woman who's been dressed to the nines and is not very happy, frankly, that no one is impressed by what she has on. But we come down the aisle, we begin to light these candles. And the candlelight illumines their face. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I realize this is a moment where I see, where we see, as John said, the true light that enlightens everyone that has come into this world. And I watch, we watch, you watch how this room moves from darkness to this gold, this light. And you realize this is a moment of the reign of God. This is what it would be like. I mean, I'm sure the fire marshals are going crazy. We've got chairs everywhere and people standing everywhere. And we thought that would be a good time to put a fire in everyone's hand. But in the midst of all that, the sacredness of that moment, filled with hope and peace and joy and love as we sing together, Silent Night, Holy Night. And so let us resolve this year to live in this light, to live with this light, to let that light illumine any moment of darkness that will come, and those moments will come. 2014 will bring joy, it will bring pain, it will bring light, and it will bring darkness. But the darkness will never overcome the light. Glory to God on high. Amen. So this morning we are invited to this table. The table where the Christ light sits. Because Christ has prepared this table for you. It's his body and blood. It is his self-giving love embodied in bread and cup. It's for all who are Christ's followers. Whether you're a member of this church or not, you're invited to come. Let's prepare now, spiritually, to light our lights and to make peace with ourselves and with those around us by turning to friend and stranger and using these words. May the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Let's stand together.